Hello. Hey, Jake. Josh, what's up? I got a question for you about my favorite topic or position, I think, in jiu-jitsu. The back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. I wanted to talk about attacking and defending the back. Um, Lately, I've been doing a lot of positional sparring. Pretty much most of my positional sparring has been starting on someone's back or someone having my back. Let's see what my question is. Yeah, I guess I wanted some tips on attacking and defending. Um, One that comes to mind recently is just on Wednesday, I had someone in a body triangle. I trapped their arm. I was like the best position to go for the rear naked choke. And I just couldn't get under his chin. And eventually, like, I got so tired and like, kept rolling, rolled to one side and then like, got out. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Wow. I was just like, damn you were in the best possible position and couldn't finish it. You know, it's like tricky. Yeah. I mean, uh, for that answer, I would say, to be honest, most of the time, if you're competing, people don't even bother trying to get under the chin (laughs) and they just, uh, go over the chin and, uh, yep. Give them the old mandible strangle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but in a training environment, I would not, I would not do that. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I don't, have you seen a Danaher go over the like flat hand thing um, where you like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You kind of like walk your fingers, you insert your, you know, knuckle behind their, their jaw and kind of walk your fingers. You've seen that before. Yeah. I have. Yeah. You know, I need to use it more though, because I think I've been just going, trying to go under the chin instead of along the jawline and under. So that's actually, I think you just answered my question. Yeah, so there's there's a couple ways to do it. Gordon Gordon doesn't use that way too often, um, where you're going behind the the jaw. Um, although I think that's like really good, really good way to do it. A meaner way to do it that Gordon uses is you go like right at the chin, like you were talking about, and you go up and down with your wrist and you kind of like saw underneath it. Oh so, shoot, that's the yeah. what I've been trying to do, which maybe I shouldn't yeah. do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not I mean, yeah, it's kind of mean. It's kind of mean. Um, especially if there's like facial hair involved, I think it can be like Oh, yeah, you know, like as someone who has no facial hair, hair. I, I had no idea. Um <laughs> but, but I think it's cuz I saw him do it against Andre Gal- Galvao. Yeah. With that wrist. So yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay, that must be the way to do it." <laughs> yeah, if you're doing that one, you're really like rotating your wrists and getting that like seesaw effect um to kind of like just pry it under it under yeah. their, their jaw um, another one i saw is like if i have my choking arm and it's not under the chin and i'm kind of over their chin i'm like forcing it up and then trying to go under with my non-choking arm and switch choking arms yeah. um it also feels a handoff pretty, a handoff okay is that what it's called uh, i don't know Sounds we should good. call it the handoff <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it also feels a little mean too because you're like on their nose and like their mouth and just like cranking their head up to make a little room to to get under instead of just maybe yeah. using technique along the jawline but i mean to be honest the rear naked choke is not the nicest submission for the most part like i think it's relatively hard to get if you're trying to be like nice to the person right you kind of got to like dig a little bit and i think we might have talked about this before like sometimes it's a bit annoying because you're like trying to be nice and like you know grip fight and stuff but they're just like trying to peel off your hooks so you can like 
choke them and you're trying to be nice with your choke and not like you know dig into their their neck or like pry underneath their chin too hard but if you're not mean they don't respect it and they keep messing with your hooks so it's like you're you shouldn't be doing that as a defensive person i feel like i feel like you're like okay this person's gonna choke me and they're being nice i should like grab their arm and respect it so now we can like keep grip fighting but uh yeah like sometimes if you're trying to be too nice from the back it's gonna be difficult to get get a rear naked choke yeah and i also another thing i have trouble with is just i focus i'm like so tunnel vision on my legs like getting to the body triangle i think of it like step one get the body triangle then start going for the choke but i feel like the the next level would be able to do both at the same time you know and i get too laser focused i'm I'm like i get the body triangle and then i'm like all right now i can start choking and but even sometimes i'm like wait no let me trap the arm first And, and like the choke might just be right there and i'm missing it the whole time but yeah that's another thing i struggle with yeah like a lot of times it's difficult like especially if you're just like locking down a seatbelt, um and their hands are addressing your feet and you're trying to get to a body triangle it's going to be difficult so a lot of times you, that's a good time to like threaten a choke and then as their hands come up then you upgrade your feet position but kind of like i said like if you're like not threatening it very aggressively and they don't respect it then yeah they're probably going to get out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, what do you think are some big general principles? If we zoom out a little bit, when we are attacking the back, what does the attacker really want? What does the attacker want? Well, I would say there are differing opinions as far as like overhook underhook side. Um, but in general, if you're on the overhook side, you're not necessarily looking to, to trap their arm you're more looking to feed your choking arm in really deep and try to like get your shoulder like kind of underneath their uh their neck a bit more like on the bottom to make it difficult for them to get their back to the mat because from the overhook side the majority of the time the way they're going to escape is they're going to get their back down to the mat yeah um yeah so um you're trying to prevent that from happening and you're trying to just feed your your choking arm like pretty deep um and then from the underhook side most of the time i would say successful escapes happen from them turning like towards turtle Mm -hmm. um and then it kind of creates a bit of a race and uh yeah so i would say just being aware of where their like primary escape options are and uh being ready to uh to follow as far as like general principles of what you want um yeah like from the underhook side i would say generally you're trying to to trap an arm and then from the overhook side you're generally just trying to threaten rear naked chokes and get your strangle arm in like pretty deep okay wow that's really helpful actually um because from the attack in the back's perspective i hadn't really thought too much the difference between the overhook and underhook side um it's also interesting sometimes to, as the attacker to be like, do I want to spend the energy and time trying to trap the arm or should I just grip fight and then find the opening to, to get under the chin and, and sink in the, the choke? Would you say it's always better to trap the arm so that's just very definitive and you really have your, you know what I mean? Like you're really closing in on the finish. I would say that you're always taking advantage 
of a choking option when it's available. Like, like if their chin is up, you should be choking them. Right. Um, you shouldn't be trying to trap their arm. And if they're tucking their chin, you should be trying to trap their arm. I think that's the just kind of the game. And in general, like it's going to be difficult for you to trap their arm the higher their hips get on top of you, if that makes sense. So like if you're kind of like your hips are kind of off to the side a bit, um, you're going to have a more mobility with your your top leg and you're going to be able to trap their arm. So oftentimes the way they're going to prevent that is they're going to be trying to bridge their hips like back on top of you. Mm-hmm. And when they bridge their hips back on top of you, a lot of times their chin lifts up from their chest. So um, yeah, just be uh, cognizant of that. And then when you threaten the choke, they're probably going to curl up. And when they curl up, their hips tend to go back to the mat. And then you're kind of like realign your hips to where you want it. Go back into trying to trap the arm. Like it's all kind of like a give and take um, a lot. And uh, yeah, people, people need, you need people to respect whatever you're doing. I think mm-hmm. is the bottom line. Like if you're trying to choke them, you need them to take the posture that respects the choke. Like if they're just straight up bridging, and they're not respecting your choke, then you're not going to be able to choke them and you're not going to be able to trap their arm. So, um, yeah, at that point you're kind of just in limbo. Yeah. It also reminds me of, uh, when we're talking about half guard passing the upper body attack, uh, battles versus the lower body battles and how there's, yeah, like you said, the give and take, they focus on the upper body and all of a sudden the lower body opens up. Um, would you, and kind of like you said it, Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, kind of like you said, it might take a little while to get there. And right now your mind can only think about, I'm trying to get a body triangle and then I'm trying to choke. So it might, might take some time. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, that's the end goal. Yeah. Yeah. Another part when I'm attacking the back is when they start to roll on, yeah, to turtle and trying to follow them, like be that good backpack or whatever. I start to slip off and then I, I just end up transitioning to mount instead, which is, I guess, not bad. But do you have any advice there on staying? attached to the back or if you should just sometimes let go and go to mount instead well if you're in ebi overtime it's not a good idea to let go and just take mount so that's why i think this this escape is pretty common in ebi overtime because a lot of times it ends up in mount which is the end of the end of the round so um i guess it kind of depends on the the result like it might make sense in you know the if you take the back like right away and you're just like, yeah, this guy's got a ton of energy. Maybe I should just take him out and, you know, grind him out a little bit. Then, then maybe that's like a strategy. But um, if you want to keep the back, I would say the general way to, to do so is if you're on the underhook side and your left arm is the underhook and your right arm is the overhook, the reason they're able to turn towards turtle is because you have your right arm over instead of under, if that makes sense. If your right arm was under and you can connect yourself to that top shoulder, then you're going to be able to follow their turn. So from the overhook side, your right if your right arm is the overhook and your left arm is the underhook, you're connected to that, that top shoulder, right? So when they're trying to turn towards turtle from the overhook side, it often just kind of feeds their neck in deeper to the... Uh, to the choke. So mm-hmm. it can be a bit risky to go for like a turning escape from the overhook side, which is what big Dan tried to do against Nikki. And it ended up like, he ended up like halfway to to mount, but he didn't quite make it. And then he just got like his face probably just squeezed to death. So, oh. um, 
Yeah, like trying to do a, tur- a turning escape from the overhook side is a bit risky. So just taking that that same principle from the underhook side, generally what you're trying to do is punch in a second underhook on that top shoulder as they're they're turning so you can connect yourself to that top shoulder and follow them through the through the roll. Ah, uh, okay. And in that case you'll be have you'll have double underhooks. Yep. Oh, okay. So if they start rolling out if I can get double underhooks and just stay attached chest to back, generally that's a lot yep. better. Because if they escape generally their shoulder is. out, if they escape their shoulder out, that's when maybe too much space is being allowed and they're going to end up separating chest to back. Huh? Right. And a lot of times when it happens quick, you're not going to get like a really deep underhook. You're trying to just grab onto whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and just stay as close just as trying you to... can. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. readjust so... later, maybe switch. Yeah, I see. I see. It's a race for sure. And it, oftentimes it kind of depends on how tight your, your legs are um, when they initiate it. So like if your, if your hands are connected and they try and do the roll, you can like pull your elbow back to like connect to your shoulder, to their shoulder, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like even without the underhook and your hands are connected, your elbow is like really heavy on that shoulder. So you're probably right. going to, you're probably going to stay connected. But when it gets really dangerous is when they separate your hands and then immediately go into a turn. So then you're just like, that's when, yeah, you're just like, (laughs) give me something to try and hang on. Um, So a good person is going to separate your hands and then they're going to turn immediately trying to like punch that shoulder in as far away from you as possible, pretty much. And then a lot of times they're like straightening that arm too, to try and get your head. And then they end up bottom mount. Um, but then the round is over for EBI rules. Right. That makes sense. Um, I've been using submeta. I've been reviewing the the back escape portion um, a lot. <laughs> Jake Smirky, because we got that coupon code for $16 off the first <laughs> month. It's in the description. Anyway, but no, I've been reviewing the uh, back escape sequences a lot. I actually just, I don't know if I should say this, but I screen recorded like the little sequence of the escape from the underhook side and the escape from the overhook side. And I just have a folder in my phone called escapes. And before class, I'll review them because I know I want to positionally spar from the back. So from the underhook side, what Lachlan does is you, that's the one where you get your back to the mat and then your arm around their head. And then you, you rotate into, you end up in top closed guard. And then from the overhook side, that's where he does the two on one and then grabs that arm. I don't know how to describe it. Loop brings it over your own head, elbow yeah. down, and then also roll back up into a top close guard position. Would you say those two are the best two to focus on for now? As you all know by now, I'm a huge fan of journaling for jujitsu and in life. And I've been working on a journaling app called Sherpa. It's designed to give you a few journaling prompts to set an, an intention, plan, or goal before you go to practice, and then reflect afterwards to help you get the most out of your training and guide your focus. Sherpa uses AI to analyze your entries, gives you summaries and insights over time to show you where you're progressing, and then pinpoint areas of improvement for you to focus on. 
We're looking for athletes to test out the app on a free trial and give us some feedback to help us shape the future of the app. So if you're interested in joining, you can sign up at the waitlist in the episode description or directly at the website, sherpajournal.ai. That's S-H-E-R-P-A journal.ai. And so I, I personally, just from watching footage, I think when it comes to very, very high level competition, it's going to be very difficult to get your back to the mat from the underhook side, from the overhook side. I think generally people get their back to the mat relatively easy. I think that's like the go-to escape, exactly what you, you talked about. Yeah. That's like the, the number one probably escape. And I don't have any like numbers or anything to back this up. It's just from like observation, but. I would say from the overhook side, that escape is like really good. And then from the underhook side, it tends to be more difficult to do. Um, so in general, from the underhook side, you're going to be doing that turning escape when you're turning towards turtle. Um, and then from the overhook side, you're going to be trying to get your back to the mat. And it all comes down to the where the underhook is, right? So like the underhook is under your body from the uh, from the underhook side. So it's going to be hard for you to get your back to the mat. But if you do get your back to the mat, see, now we're getting like, it's kind of hard to describe jujitsu, but like think of uh, from the underhook side, your right arm is over, right? Mm -hmm. So that means if I do get my back to the mat as the defensive person, my inside elbow can cut down to the mat like relatively easily. So if I do create enough space to cut my elbow down, I'm going to be able to escape like relatively easily. But from the overhook side, even if I get my back to the mat, I often still end up in that arm triangle situation um, unless you're able to bring the arm around like you like you talked about before. Ah, but uh, yeah, like your your arm, your inside arm is still has an underhook on it. So people can transition to arm triangles from the overhook side as you get your I back see. to the mat. I so see. it's going to be, easier to get your back to the mat, but harder to slip your elbow inside to complete the escape. But from the underhook side, it's going to be harder to get your back to the mat, but easier to slip your elbow inside to create the escape. So often I think from the overhook side, people are trying to get their back to the mat. And then if they can't slip their elbow, they're trying to straighten it and get it around their head for the the headlock um, escape kind of deal. Wow. So that's kind of just the, the game um, that's being played. But uh, yeah, I think I think just as far as like rules go and like the situation, it's probably going to determine like which escape is is best. But if you're just straight up like I'm trying to escape the back, I think that's the most reliable way to do that. Yeah. Overhook side, back to the mat, underhook side, turn towards turtle. Got it. I hadn't even thought about the transition of when you're on the overhook side, if you can't get your inside elbow immediately, they can just transition to the arm triangle. I'm going to start yep. trying to do that when I lose the back. Now, instead of transitioning to mount, you just take advantage of that arm still there and go straight for the, the arm triangle. Cause the arm triangle is something yeah. I've been having a tough time finishing <laughs> as well. Subject for another episode. Um, and then, uh, how have your finishes been from the back? Like, have you been keeping track of it? So. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, let's see. Let's see what we're at now. We are at 12 back takes and six rear naked or 12 back positions, six rear naked chokes. So not, not terrible. Well, that's I guess. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was worse because on the other day I had three and then only finished one. Um, that's that guy with the chin that I couldn't get under, <laughs> but 
Yeah. Okay. Some of these are from back takes, but some I'm just starting in the back. Um, yeah. It'll be a cool day when I hit like a hundred rear naked jokes or something like that. Um, right. Yeah. I will say I'm at like, let's see this last week. I went to my 94th today will be my 95th class after we record today. So it might be cool to do an episode of like lessons from first hundred classes or something like that. It could be fun. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about body triangles. Me as the attacker and I have long legs. I love the body triangle. And I feel like that's my first thing I try to go after ever since hearing Eddie Bravo say in the EBI thing, like you got it. That he's like, he says that's the first battle or whatever. I, I don't know why it seems like it's maybe because very controlling. So yeah, I love it as an attacker as a defender. Oh my gosh. It's brutal. I have no idea how to get out of that. Um, would you recommend maybe watching just like a technique video or like a specific escape from the body triangle and going from there? Or are there some principles maybe you could start us off with? Does Lachlan show anything in his, in his battle oh, I, uh, series or have you not gotten there? No, I haven't, haven't gotten there. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen those two escapes. Gotcha. I haven't seen it in Lachlan's course, but maybe he has something, but I've just seen Gordon and Danaher talk about this and the basic idea without diving too much into the weeds is one, it's freaking hard Two, <laughs> um, you're trying to basically convert their body triangle into a less strong body triangle um, and then work your way out from there. So I think it's just helpful to know like the way they kind of organize the hierarchy of body triangles. And as a defensive person, you're trying to force them into a weaker one. And then as the attacker, obviously you want the, the more effective one. So basically what they say is if you have a body triangle and your outside foot is not in between their legs, does that make sense? Yeah. So if I have, yeah. as the attacker, I have the body triangle and my outside foot is maybe like behind their leg or something like that in yep. a really good position. That's okay. the, that's the top of the hierarchy. The, the one below that is you have a fully locked body triangle, but the foot is inside between your legs legs yeah mm -hmm. the third is that instead of hooking like it's on the inside of your legs and maybe it's hooked against your uh your near leg mm -hmm. right like back heeling against your near leg um instead of it being there it's extended out and it's hooking against your uh your far leg yeah so that is number three mm -hmm. um and then number four is you straighten your far leg and basically now that foot that was, you know, kind of locking in the body triangle is on the top of the thigh of your bottom leg. Does that make sense? Mm, so you're the locking leg, this foot instead of towards my own thigh is kind of across to the other side exactly okay yes okay. so it's gotcha. kind of, they're kind of like folded over each other at that right, point right almost um, like sitting crisscross so, applesauce exactly okay so at that point the the control that they have with the body triangle is not existent pretty much oh i see interesting it's like uh when yeah. you have your body triangle the first is like it's a super tight lock then it just slowly starts to loosen a little bit of the, the, exactly. the control okay okay right so i mean you'll see uh in I've, if i remember correctly 
um, in like Gordon's first match with Nikki. Gordon is on defense and Nikki is um, not first match because I guess their first match was in ADCC. The second one, like the one in the fight pass where they ended up in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon's on defense. He traps the like Nikki has a body triangle. Gordon traps the foot inside of his legs mm-hmm. and then Nikki squeezes the living life out of Gordon and Gordon is kind of forced to relax that leg a bit. And then Nikki pummels his foot back to the outside. So it's basically like a constant battle is what I'm saying. Like you're going to do something. And then again, you go to the upper body, you start choking them and then they loosen up the lower body. You pummel your foot back to the outside, right? Like um, it's kind of like a constant, constant battle, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the game. Yeah, man, that body triangle is brutal. Oh, I wonder yeah, if there's like just like a YouTube video that maybe we can link in the the description or something like that around. Did, have you made a video on body triangles before? Yeah, and Gordon Gordon probably uh, is probably the person to to point people to. Um, okay, cool. He makes a video about it, going through the exact escape that we just went over. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll link that in the description because I'm I'm realizing that could be beneficial for people because as we're talking about each detail it's probably hard to fully picture it um so we can watch the video you can re-listen if you want but hopefully that's helpful yeah because man that that thing is brutal <laughs> yeah especially when someone like you with long leg lock, locks it up it's it's tough yeah and it kind of relates to like that finding your style episode that we talked about like and how your your body type um can inform your style a bit uh yeah and what's interesting i did want to go back to that point you mentioned earlier about if the choke's available, just go for the choke. And I'm gonna play devil's advocate just like Lex Friedman did with Hodger. And I wonder if if the goal is to win that round, like like to try to increase my rear naked choke um, proportions, I should probably just go for every choke. But if my goal is to get better at trapping the arm, maybe I should set a limitation to myself of like go trap the arm every time. I guess maybe it depends on what technique I'm trying to learn whether it's like trying to learn rear naked chokes or learning trap the arm as the goal. But I don't know. Yeah. I just, I mean, kind of going back to what we were, what we were talking about, I think it's, it's very hard to do anything when you can only do, right, which right. is why it's so impressive when someone calls their submission and like they do it, especially if the other person like knows what they're trying to do. Um, so if you're focused on trapping the arm, even if you get like, two cross grips and you get really good position to trap the arm. If they're just like, screw it, I'm just going to bridge on top of you. You don't have like any mobility with your leg and you can't do anything with that. So like, it's difficult. And and again, like, I think if you could say like, I'm not going to get the choke, but I'm going to threaten the choke. But just to like make it easier for me to trap the arm, that could be the mentality you take. Uh, yeah, but yeah, without yeah. like even threatening a choke at all, it's going to be tough. <laughs> right. And again, like, you have to threaten it in a way that gets them to respect it. It can't just be like a fake choke that they're like, screw you. I'm not going to like take the posture I would need to defend this choke, you know? Yeah. So like at some point, if it's like on a silver platter, you might need to choke someone, but like you, <laughs> or at least you just want to trap the arm. Yeah. 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 Um, if uh, you want to trap the arm, I think it's kind of difficult to do that. If that's all you're trying to do. Right. Right. That's a, such a good nuance. Um, that's such a good nuance. Yeah. And I think that helps to you to develop both both skills and the relationship between what's it like to go for the lower body versus the upper body attacks. Dang, that's really helpful. 
man, jujitsu is complex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's one position. <laughs> That's one position. And there's, yeah, probably so many micro positions in there. Like, especially when you have one hook, right. Versus both hooks yeah. in. Gosh, that could be another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Thanks, Jake. Cool. Later, Josh. See ya.